Hello, I'm Jim Ford. And I'm Dan Kurtzke. And this is the Lantern Cast. Episode 5. Okay, this is our big... Actually, no, this isn't really a big one. This is just our review of Green Lantern, issue 36. Came out January of 09. It's part 2 of the Rage of the Red Lantern story, coming out of the Final Crisis Rage of the Red Lantern special. You want to do the uh, credits on this one, Dan? Oh, all right, yes. <laughs> we have uh, Jeff Johns, writer. We have Ivan Reyes back doing the pencils, which was a surprise to me because I thought Shane Davis was going to be doing this whole arc. Um, inks are Eau Claire Albert and colors by... How do you say this name? Nell, Nell Ruffino? Oh, I think that's an I. Nay Rufino? Nay Rufino? Okay. Yeah. And it's, and it's lettered by Rob Lay. I wonder if he's in charge of the uh, the colored energy around the uh, word bubbles. I don't know. It'll be interesting to know. Okay. <laughs> okay, so uh, I'm going to do a quick recap of the issue. Oh, and by the way, this is going to be completely spoiler-filled, so yes. if you did not read the issue and you don't want to know how it ends, then don't listen to this episode until after you've read it. Didn't, didn't we originally start the show with the idea that, eh, we'll spoil things sometimes, and every single episode so far has, had, like, nothing but spoilers in it? Yeah, yeah, we spoil a lot. Uh, it's it's difficult for us to discuss things without spoiling. So we might have to come up with a series of code names for different characters just so we can talk about it without giving anything away. On the plus side, we didn't actually spoil anything about Final Crisis when we reviewed the Rage of the Red Lantern special. It helped that there was no Final Crisis in the Rage of the Red Lantern special. Oh, there was a little bit. But I think it also helped that I have no idea what's going on in Final Crisis anyway. So, in Green Lantern 36, we start off the issue with Sinestro being crucified by the Red Lanterns on Ysmalt. They are trying to find out what Sinestro is afraid of. Why are they doing that? Well, Atrocitus said he wants to absorb Sinestro's blood into the rings. Right. Possibly to... Well, throughout this, not to jump ahead, they make a big deal about Sinestro's importance to the grand scheme of things. Right. So maybe it's his particular blood sacrifice would be more significant than others. I, I understand that, but they want to find something that he's afraid of. Is that basically just to break his spirit before they kill him? I don't think so. Maybe it has something to do with his connection to fear. Maybe. In any case, moving along with the issue, we go back to where we left off with Hal Jordan being saved by St. Walker, the very first Blue Lantern. And we find out that the power of the blue enhances and charges the band of will of the green. So that's why Hal Jordan's ring was amped up to over 200%. 
They try to take down St. Walker, the other Green Lanterns around there. They fail because St. Walker uses his powers of the blue to put out the red flame of anger and hatred. Right after this, St. Walker takes Hal Jordan to the homeworld of the Blue Lantern, which is the planet Odim. I think that's how you would say it, Odom. Odom? We'll call yeah. it Oldham. Odom. Oldham. It looks fairly new. So yeah. it's not, it's not... Yes, it's it's Noodum. Mmm, <laughs> noodles. Yes. Alright, go on. On the planet Odom <laughs> revolves around the North Star, as we would know it. It's this totally beautiful planet. You got the big blue lantern. Hal Jordan can't go too close to it. Otherwise, his ring would implode and take his hand with it. And we see Ganthet and Saeed, and they are interviewing the second candidate for Blue Lantern ship. Apparently it's a process that takes several days to figure out if somebody is actually up to the task. Turns out that this second candidate, Worth, is up to the challenge. So we see him become a Blue Lantern. And then the three of them set off to save Sinestro from... The Red Lanterns because of his massive importance to the universe. We take a break from that story and we go to Zamoran, home of the Star Sapphires, where we see Fatality, who was part of the Sinestro Corps, being converted into a Star Sapphire Violet Corps member. She finishes the conversion and breaks out, and her first thing to do is to locate Jon Stewart. Next we have, we go back to the story of the blue and the green, where Hal Jordan, along with St. Walker and Worth, see a planet that is going around a dying sun in stage one of becoming a supernova. So the two blue lanterns use their abilities and they turn back the clock on the sun making it blue, it's like a brand new sun now. Saving 300 million people. So, yeah, so we got this uh, big blue star now in the universe because they were able to use the hope from the planet that was going around the sun. We find out that the blue lanterns are going to tell... Hal Jordan everything there is to know about the Blue, because they want him to become the leader of the Blue Lantern Corps. Dun dun dun. <laughs> and then we go. Oh no. Yeah. Oh no. And then we go back to Ysmalt, where Atrocitus is using the heart of a fallen Sinestro Corps member to figure out what makes Sinestro afraid, and that's when we find out that Sinestro has a daughter. Now this issue surprised me like on page one because I guess after the Final Crisis special, it's it started to become clearer how totally screwed the good guys are. Why do you and, say that? Because uh, I guess I went into the special thinking... Alright, we had the Sinestro Corps, 
So how are they going to make the next core that comes along seem even more threatening? So I didn't really know what to expect from it. And then what we got in that issue was just really... It was a lot more intense. It was more violent. And it really gave you a feeling of, oh, crap, what are they going to do now? Right. So when we see Sinestro getting getting strung up here, it's it invoked a feeling in me like the same as if we saw one of the main Green Lanterns having this happen to them. Because with Sinestro's... With his experience, with his leadership, with his power, he is someone that they're going to need to get out of it alive. Right. Yeah. Whereas, yeah. like, with with other villains turning on villains, it doesn't really resonate with me that much, but with this it did because they're setting up Sinestro to be a necessity to the good guys. Right. And beyond that, I mean, it just shows that you have Sinestro, who is this super experienced ringslinger and they just like they just attacked him and they just like if they're going after somebody basically it's going to be difficult to fight them off yeah and it's it says a lot about him that until we get to the last page he doesn't lose his cool at all and here he's been abducted they've jammed spikes through his hands and feet like atrocities almost guts him later in the issue and he doesn't flinch something else i wanted to point out okay we get two double page spreads first of yes malt and then of uh odom right and these two could not be more polar opposites because i mean the one <clears throat> One is like a fiery, death-filled hell. The other is teeming with life, and it's beautiful. And the one is full of violent red lanterns, and the other has exactly one peaceful blue lantern. And even if you want to get down to just just obvious stuff, like the the red battery is on the left side of the, the shot, and the blue battery is on the right side of the other shot. Oh, that's a cool catch. And normally, because something that pops up a lot in almost everything is this this almost utopia, jungle, garden kind of place where it's supposed to be super peaceful and amazing. That usually feels so generic to me. Like, okay, yeah, it's, it's great. Let's move on. But this, I want to go here. <laughs> <laughs> Not yeah. not just because there's a giant lantern and a bunch of magic smurfs running around. I just I want to go to this place. It looks amazing. <laughs> a bunch of magic smurfs. <laughs> they hey, they're wearing white now. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, all the, the like the little animals are like adorable. It's like the birds are drawn beautiful and all the little animals on the ground are drawn like, you know, cuddly and adorable and you just want to pick them up and cuddle with them. Yeah. Or maybe that's just me. Mm, no, no. They look fun. Okay. So, okay. So, the first thing that I'm picking up on is that the the Blue Lanterns seem very much like a clergy-type atmosphere. Especially when they're saying that you basically have to give yourself to the universe if you're going to become a Blue Lantern. Mm -hmm. 
it, it seems very much like the whole concept of if you're going to become a priest, you have to take the vow of celibacy. And I'm thinking that's probably along the lines with the Blue Lanterns. Like, if you sign up, then you're basically with the Blue Lanterns and you don't have a personal life anymore. Yeah, and that's, that's the first impression I got. I'm curious to see them spell out what the sacrifice means because it could very well turn around to be something else. Like, maybe... Actually, my, one of my first thoughts was that maybe to accept this means that you're going to have a shorter lifespan for some reason, but then that wouldn't really fit with the hope. Yeah, yeah, I was thinking about that too. I don't know how it would fit in, but that does kind of seem like the way that they are talking about it. Like, you believe so much in hope that if it came down to it, you would gladly give your life to, I don't know, generate enough hope energy to save a bunch of people? It's like they perfectly understand what they are supposed to do. They perfectly understand their power, and they're at complete peace with all of it. Yeah. That's why it takes three days to find somebody. Yeah, the rings are, it's very much more reactionary than I thought it would be. That's that's exactly what I was uh, going to say next. By all means, go. Well, no, just exactly what you said. They're reactive constructs as opposed to using willpower to create them. The rings are creating something that would inspire hope within the person that they're using it on. And it makes so much sense to for it to work this way, because what better way to instill hope in an individual than by tapping into what that specific individual would get the most hope out of? Right. Like, that's kind of a weird way of saying it, but, you know. Well, I mean, to go on a slight tangent, then, I'm going to have to wonder how it'll work with, say, the Indigo Lanterns. Because if we go by the suspicion that it will be somewhat related to the Mother Mercy plant, Mm -hmm. then basically her ability is to tap into the person and give them an ideal scenario that helps them cope with whatever is going on right now you know for the whole compassion slash mercy aspect so it seems very similar to the hope I'm very interested to see how they're going to differentiate that if the indigo is anywhere like what I'm suspecting it will be anyway the, the way I think of it is that hope is primarily a motivator Whereas compassion is more of a, a, uh, I guess, caregiver. Well, that's that's interesting because then here we are saying that the blue constructs are very reactive, reactionary. Yet when compared to indigo, they're the more non-reactive, if that makes mm. any sense. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. It's it's a tangled web right now. Yeah. 
We're going to have to wait and see how that one pans out. Also, Cat Matui, Black Lantern. Calling it right now. Yeah, well, I think that that's probably, you know, like a, a giveaway. Although, what I'm not entirely sure is that... You see, like, saying that she's a Black Lantern seems like it's just... It, it almost seems too obvious to me. Like, maybe there's going to figure out some way to bring her back to life. Because what I was thinking was, and this is kind of jumping ahead, but Sinestro has a daughter. Yes. Now, do you have any thoughts on who that might be? I don't think... Alright, what I absolutely do not believe is that they would drop this all of a sudden and then introduce some new character. So it's going to either be Katmatui or Serenic Natu. Right. So, if it's Katmatui, then that gives the Red Lanterns a reason to go after the dead, basically. And, you know, start up the whole black thing, or go after the black, or whatever. Yeah, I don't know, like, I I, I guess what I'm, what I'm thinking is... Katmatui most likely will be a Black Lantern... But I'm also thinking that there might be some other option that we don't realize right now. Like, maybe the Red Lanterns will be able to bring her back to life just so they can torment Sinestro. If she is, in fact, his daughter. Maybe. I mean, we're definitely going to see her. They wouldn't throw this in, you know? Yeah. Do you remember how she died? Uh, Actually, Carol Ferris, when she was Star Sapphire, murdered her. Really? Yeah, there there was this, um, I have it somewhere, there's a three-issue story arc where John is trying to kill Carol and Hal is trying to stop John while Carol is trying to kill Hal and John. And <laughs> Interesting. And it's in space. Oh boy. Um, going back to the uh, the concept of the blue... We see that the green blasts from Kilowog don't affect St. Walker, but when Jon Stewart creates cuffs, they do work on the blue. So, I don't really understand that right now. It could, it could adjust its reaction to the level of threat, because like a huge shot from a pissed-off Kilowog would be a lot more dangerous than a pair of shackles being slapped on you. Right. I suppose that makes sense. We have the fact that Blue puts out the red flame. It's an interesting concept. It looks like water. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Was Saint, do St. Walker's appearance surprise you at all? With the head? Yeah, because... The last page of the Final Crisis special, you really didn't see his little, like, head tail thing. Right. So I turned that page, and I'm like, what the hell? Oh, all right. Yeah, yeah, that was that was odd. In fact, I haven't gotten a chance to look, but I remember in issue 25, I know you definitely don't see the, the head tail thing. I, I don't remember if that's just because it was at an angle where you couldn't see it. He actually, I'm look. I have, um the special opened up right next to it and I'm looking at these side to side and he actually looks a lot friendlier in 
in the the issue thirty six. Okay. At the and on the last page of the special, he looks almost like, just by comparison, he looks almost like a stitched together kind of monster face. Uh, yeah, I, I understand what you're saying. He he almost looks more solemn in the Final Crisis special. Yeah. I just I love the the air of confidence he has about him the whole time. Yeah. And that's another thing. As reactionary as it is, he flat out says, you know, I my ring amplifies yours as long as I have hope in you or what what does he actually say? As long as I hope for your well-being. That's it, yeah. Which means that it's not just an automatic thing that's going to happen every time. If he doesn't... Basically, if he doesn't believe in you and want you to be alright, it won't happen. Yeah. We have uh, another one of their faster-than-light multicolor travel deals when they're going to Odin. Yes. Now, you had raised an interesting point in the... Secret Origin episode about how that may or may not tie into the emotional spectrum. Yes. But I think, like, seeing it again here, I'm kind of thinking of it as more of, like... The Doppler shift? Well, it's, I definitely think it's the Doppler shift, but I think the fact that they're actually showing it like that with the rainbow is just to kind of emphasize the whole multicolor rainbow effect as far as the aspect of, you know, the fashion and light travel. And also now we have the full color spectrum of lantern cores. Hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Just kind of like a little, you know, trying to tie it together, but not actually having to do with the spectrum itself. I could buy that. A little, a little probably throwaway point that I really liked was that, um, what's that planet name? Odom. Right. It orbits the North Star. Okay. And that's the star that, you know, for forever, that's what sailors have used to guide them. So that has been their shining light of hope, basically, to get them home. Oh. That's a very good point. And now that you actually mentioned that, the North Star features prominently in the story of Jesus being born in the Christian religion. Oh, is that the star they follow? Yeah, they, they follow the North Star, right? I don't know. I thought it was some some magic Jesus star. <laughs> some magic. I, th- I thought it was the North Star. It could be. Hmm. Yeah, I'm not sure. Everyone at home, consult your Bibles and write us at lanterncast at gmail.com. Yeah. Well... If it was the North Star, then that would make another interesting point as far as, you know, a very religious symbol yeah. for a very religious core. You better be talking about the elephant. Oh. <laughs> I'm just talking about in general, but the elephant was cool. Yeah, now I know, I'm going to come around and say it right now, I know absolutely nothing about, like, Hinduism outside of what The Simpsons has taught me. Oh, boy. But, <laughs> but as soon as I saw this guy, what was his name? Worth. Um, Worth. I thought of that elephant idol. Ganesh. God, or, yeah. Yeah. Especially that when he gets into his um, 
his I have a costume on now pose. Right. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. He seemed very Hindu inspired. It makes me wonder if we're going to see more Blue Lanterns or all of the Blue Lanterns be inspired by assorted religions and their deities. I think that we're definitely going to see a, a strong theme going with that sort of thing. Uh, jumping uh, jumping around, something that I thought was uh, very, very interesting, over on Zamoran, yes. with the Violet Lanterns, we see like a, a faraway shot of the main Violet Lantern. Mm-hmm. And at first, what I was thinking about was how, if you look at the violet rings, they have the like the starburst symbol that was the symbol for star sapphires for the past however many years. Mm-hmm. But when you look at the lantern, it's a heart. Oh wow! The, those you know handles coming out of it, it it's a heart. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. They they throw in so much of that stuff, and, you know, like, I'm sure they've shown it a bunch of times in the Green Lantern Corps comic, I just never picked up on it. I wonder if they're ever actually going to refer to themselves as Violet Lanterns, because they keep, both in this, I forget if it popped up in this book or in Green Lantern Corps, they, they're still referring to themselves as Star Sapphires. Oh yeah, it's right here. Welcome to the Star Sapphires. Yeah, I I don't know if that's necessarily important or not, but they have mentioned how the Zamorans are using the power of the Violet. I'm pretty sure that they've definitely brought that up in the past. Oh yeah, oh yeah, definitely. I just didn't know if they would be the one core that doesn't really adopt the name, you know, right. or just keeps it. I'm glad Jon Stewart's finally going to have something to do. Yeah. Yeah, in fact, in, in this month's previews, apparently he has a, a role to play. The issue coming out in a few months. Yeah, I just wish they didn't have to keep going back to, oh, he fights Fatality again. Well, I'll reserve judgment on this one. Yeah, because there's a definite X factor involved this time. Yeah, I mean, if you think about it, back from the Kyle series... There's kind of some unresolved issues between Jon Stewart and Fatality. Let me see. I, I th- the last I remember seeing her in that series was when her second arm got exploded. <laughs> yeah, I don't... I don't remember exactly the case, but I think it was before Jon Stewart could walk again and he was going to like visit her in jail or something like that. Was this when Jade had the ring? Quite possibly. I don't know. If it wasn't when Jade had the ring, I think it was... Well, it was it was before the Ion storyline. Yeah. So, Jade definitely had a ring. Oh, man. Oh, we'll, we'll look it up later. Yeah. Or someone can write to us. This is, this is off like on a super tangent. But yeah, there was definitely some, like, some tension there. Now, one thing, one question I had as I read this, I don't remember seeing her in the Sinestro War, do you? I think vaguely I do. Uh, I think she was in the, uh, 
I'm pretty sure she was in the Secret Files. Alright, because I remember, like, the last few times we saw her before the war, she did have a, a yellow ring, but that was an unrelated story. Mm. And then we saw, we've seen her since the war with, like, locked up on Xamaron with the ring, but I just don't remember her from any crowd shots or anything. Yeah, I'm not entirely sure. I have to reread, basically, the whole Sinestro Corps war again. Yeah. But, yeah. Interesting. What, what, another thing that I thought was interesting was, like, I don't have the figure, so I can't check it, but they released a figure of the Star Sapphire in the most recent Green Lantern series wave from DC Direct. Yeah. And I thought that at the time it was Carol Ferris, because it has the long dark hair and the Star Sapphire costume. But if you look at Fatality, it looks almost exactly like that. Because she's got the long dark hair again. Yeah. So. And the new costume. Yeah. Did the figure have a ring? I don't know. I have to check that. So, I thought that was interesting. Yeah. It'd be very cool if they already put out an action figure of a future Star Sapphire character. It's not enough that they spend years planting storylines and plot points. Now they're merchandising in advance without telling anybody. (laughs) I would love it if they kept on doing that because, like, as it is, there's such a huge lag time between them starting to make action figures and them actually making it to the stores. They have to, like, start making them, like... I think it's a little less than a year, but it's pretty damn close to a year. Wow. Yeah. What do you think of the concept of the Blue Lanterns not necessarily tapping power supply, but rather, I guess you could say almost recycling the hope that's already in the area? I think it's it's a concept that I really like. In fact, I think that maybe more of the Lanterns should be able to do that. But I also think that they should have Lanterns to be able to recharge from when they need it. Yeah. You know what it made me think of? What? There was... um. Again, going back to the Sinestro War, we didn't, we never saw any kind of training for the Yellow Lanterns, but what we did see was they got put into these fear lodges with depleted rings, and you couldn't come out until you could light your ring with your own fear. Right. And that, at the time, I thought that was going to be set up leading to them not necessarily needing to recharge as much as the Green Lanterns might. Because you can power it off of your own emotion. Right. Well, you can't really do that, but it is close. As far as getting the spark with the yellow. Yeah, it's interesting. Hmm. Now, what did you think about Hal's reaction to Ganthet? Because I'm not... I didn't really think about how Hal would would be when he sees him for the first time since the war, but I didn't really expect him to be hostile towards him. Um, well, part of me wonders if that's not because 
of uh, the the red flame still burning in his heart because they said that they you know extinguished it, but you know there may have been like a small flicker still in there. Plus, the whole Sinestro execution thing is still weighing on his mind. It's a real hot-button topic for Hal. Yeah. I mean, he probably hates the Guardians as much as he hates Sinestro just for creating this situation. Yeah, but like uh, Ganth, Ganth had said, I know that you don't trust the Guardians, but, you know, I hope you still trust me. They had a yeah, moment. that was interesting. Oh. I don't know. And you know, one one last thought I had on okay. this issue was, um, do you remember the two-page spread in 25 where they introduced us to what all the colors were? Yes. They said something to the effect of how blue was not the strongest, but it burns the brightest, or something like that. I had taken that to mean that this is go- the members of the Blue Lantern Corps are going to be the weaker on average than the other core members the way they seem to set it up here is that there's so few of them because it's so intense that you have to take that long to get somebody prepared to be a blue lantern yeah yeah no as you were saying that i saw where you were going um yeah no that makes a lot of sense and probably because of the fact that it's so I guess costly to your soul to wield the blue that it takes a very rare and special person to be able to actually do that. I love the idea that they're starting with sector one and working their way up. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know about that. This way we'll always pretty much know how many blue lanterns there are. (laughs) Okay. I I got you. I got you there. I'm uh, I'm checking online right now, and I'm comparing the fatality costume to the Star Sapphire figure that they put out, and I can't tell if there's a ring on the hand. I would doubt it, but there are also other changes. So it's not exactly fatality, but it is very similar, and I imagine it would be very easy to customize into a fatality. Oh yeah, you can just like. Well, I don't even know how he cuts my figures, but you can do it. <laughs> no problem. Get yeah. on that. Oh, yeah, there was one other thing that I wanted to mention about this episode. Now, this might be reaching a little, but I went. I was looking at the oath that they say. And yes. if you break down the oath, it's almost like a shout-out to each of the different cores. Now... I think you need to favor us with a dramatic reading of this oath with your booming radio okay, voice. Okay, well, I would do that, but I have to break it up so that I could say, you know, my theories. So. Yeah, you ch- you just want to ch- you Yeah, totally. No, yeah, that, that's it. That's, <laughs> that's it exactly. But, uh, okay, so it starts out in Fearful Day. Now, right there, that's a definite shout-out to Yellow. In yes. Raging Night... A definite shout-out to Red. Red. With strong hearts full, we have Violet. And then our souls ignite. Now, 
This one's a little hazy, but I'm going to say Indigo. The fact that it says souls made me think it was referring to themselves. Well, I think, yeah, I think that's the last line. For hope burns bright. I mean, you know, hope is a possibility. But, like, I'll, I'll guess Indigo for that one. So then, like, the rest of the rest of what I have here is, this is all very questionable. But, you know, the first four lines, I think that's, you know, definitely referring to specific cores. When all seems lost, that one I'm attributing to black. In the war of light, that one I'm attributing to orange. Look to the stars, I'm attributing to green. For hope burns bright, that one's definitely blue. Now, explain your reasoning for orange and okay. green. In the War of Light, we know that there is going to be the War of Light. And basically, it's it's a negative type thing. So since there were only two lines left, <laughs> I gave the negative one to orange and looked to the stars to green. I mean, look to the stars for green kind of makes sense. Because, you know, you look to the stars, and while, you know... It... <laughs> and the, and they're obviously green. <laughs> Watch it, you. No. Prove us wrong, science. Prove us wrong. No, like, I mean, yeah, for one, it goes with the blue. Look to the stars for hope. But looking to the stars, it's like using willpower to get to the stars. Hmm. That's reaching. It would fit with Hal, though, yeah. I guess. Honestly, when I got to, like, the last stanza of this, I got a little sense of foreboding. Because when we know the War of Light is what happens when all these cores fight each other. Right. And they and they reference that specific battle in their oath. The first thing that comes to my mind is, holy crap, are we going to lose the Blue Lanterns <laughs> after that? I, I don't think so. I think... Well, I mean, if you're just going to take the last stanza, you know, the whole thing to get, you know, together, when all seems lost in the war of light, when which, like, means, you know, when things are at their darkest and nobody feels like they can go on and they all think they're going to lose, look to the stars for hope burns bright. Meaning that hope is going to come in and, like, charge up the green lanterns and give hope to the other cores so that they can... I don't know, either defeat the black or defeat the, you know, red and orange, yeah. at least. I guess it's a kind of thing like, you know, just because they're called the Justice League of America doesn't mean they only operate in America. Just because they reference the War of Light in their oath doesn't mean they're only around for that war kind of thing. Or maybe they're talking about, like, the War of Light in general, like, after the Black Lantern storyline, that doesn't necessarily mean that all the cores are going to go away. Oh, I hope they got same, not. Yeah, same here. So, you would think that if there are these seven different cores, then they're still going to be fighting here and there, and they're all going to need allies every once in a while, so... Although that is a good point that you bring up, that, yeah, if they reference it in their oath, are they suspecting to not have to use the oath anymore after the war of light maybe they'll change their oath to something like 
Everything's fine. You want some cookies? <laughs> <laughs> Man. <laughs> you know, uh, I'm looking at Worth right here. He would make an awesome plush toy. <laughs> I want action figures of St. Walker and Worth. Oh, you know what was interesting? Actually, speaking of action figures that we want, over on <laughs> Ysmalt, there was no... Dexstar, the blue yeah. cat, Red Lantern. <laughs> yeah, I was actually about to say, like, the one thing I had to knock this issue down for was that there was no Rage Kitty. Yeah. No Rage Kitty. Sigh. What did you think on the art of this issue on the whole? I liked it. I didn't look at the credits before I started reading right. it. I just assumed that it was still Shane Davis because, like I said earlier, I thought he was doing the whole Red Lantern story. And it didn't even click to me until, like, page five where I'm like, you know, that Sinestro kind of looks like how when, when, oh, hey, wait a minute, this is Imaris. And I look back and it was him. Yeah. Yeah, I have to say, I mean, to be perfectly honest, I think I actually like Shane Davis better when drawing the Red Lanterns. Yeah, he has a more... I want to say... How would I even say it? Like, maybe grayer... Oh yeah, that's exactly the same word that I was thinking. Just just yeah, slightly more, just, though. Just, yeah, just... I mean, I'm looking through that opening scene with Atrocitus forming his ring and battery yeah. again, and that's... just. So and and it's, it's crisp, and it gives you a feeling of the anger. So while I do love Ivan Reyes' art, I hope to God we keep him forever, I would have liked to see this entire story arc play out under Shane Davis's yeah. pencil. Not to mention, maybe we would have gotten the issue a little sooner. Oh. <laughs> this took a long time to get out. It did. How long was I, it? I'm not sure, but I, I tell you, I think we started putting out episodes of the Lantern cast... Like, after the last issue came out. No way. Really? Was, I think so, because when we started up, wasn't Secret Origin, like, just finishing? That is true. So, and, and I think we started putting out episodes in November. Yeah, you know what I was actually thinking about, how, which is amazing, is that last page with the preview... For the next issue and how it's got the DC Nation story thing on it. Like, yeah. how do they sync that up? I mean, they'd have to know pretty well in advance when these things are actually coming out. Sync, wait, sync up what? Well, like, every, you know, whenever the comic is released, like, the comic for that week, you know, all the comics for that week have oh, the you... same DC Nation story. Oh, alright. Okay, I, I thought you meant, like, something about the preview. I don't know, may, the DC Nation might be something they can tack on last minute. I don't, I don't know. know. They have a time machine. Yeah. It's like, yeah, guys, we're going to need this one for this week. Yeah, I'm just uh, flipping through one more time. The majority of the issue, I think the art is amazing. When they're creating Worth's blue ring on Odom... I think, like, you know, that whole crackling energy thing is awesome. Um, yes. 
Worth's transformation into a blue lantern is really cool. Got all the blue energy. I love that. That that stuff is beautiful. It's like tranquil water. Yeah. And then you have uh, Zamoran. Like that whole scene with Fatality. Totally awesome. I mean, mm. the coloring on that is just beautiful and gorgeous. Um, Fatality's transformation scene where she pops out. Beautiful. Um, where they transform the sun. I mean, like, you know, that stuff is just really, really cool. The only thing that, like, I was just like, oh, well, that's good, but not as good as I would have liked is the, the two-page spread on your small with the Rage, with the Red Lanterns. Well, that's because the Rage Kitty wasn't there. Sure. Every, every page without him immediately goes down in quality. You know, I mean, like, I know that... Okay, so maybe we don't get fine details on everything, but you have Sinestro and Atrocitus, who are, like, the main characters in this scene, and, like, you could, like, barely make out any details on them. Yeah. So. Is it weird that right now, if I could ask Jeff Johns one question, it would be if he has a cat? <laughs> Just because I want to know where the hell this thing comes from and why it's named Dexstar. <laughs> I can't really help you with that, but I'll, I'll do some investigating and see if I can figure it out for next time. No, you won't. You're probably right. Yeah. I guess one last thing to bring up, because I just noticed it. What... What are the Guardians thinking in designing their rings so that their maximum power level is 210.5%? Why why not 100? You could have the exact same capacity and still call it 100. Well... Okay. Here's here's what I'm, I'm thinking about that. If you charge up the ring fully, then when it's fully charged, it's at 100%. Now, yes. when he's in the aura of St. Walker, St. Walker is charging up his, you know, uh, Hal's personal uh, band of willpower. So, it's, it's not like he's directly charging the ring past 100%. It's basically like Hal Jordan himself is now becoming an extra point of storage for the energy. Oh, so he's charging Hal, basically. And since Hal is connected to the ring, the ring is reading it at 210.5%. When he said your band of willpower, I thought he was just being all fancy and not just saying your ring. Oh, maybe you're right. Oh, I, I looked at it as, like, your, oh, you know, like a, a radio band, like a frequency kind of thing. Like, that, hmm. that, that that's, well, that's that's how I was looking at it. But no, what, what you're saying, your particular band of willpower being his fancy way of saying the ring, then I have no explanation. Eh, whatever. We immediately get distracted by the pretty yes. elephant. So that's pretty all right. elephant is awesome. All right. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I think we're done here. <laughs> now that we've done like almost an well, 
I won't say how long because we're gonna edit some stuff out. No, it's all gold. Yeah, yeah no, we're definitely gonna do some editing. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. If if you want to contact us, you can write us at Lantern. I forgot our show's name. <laughs> you can contact us. Lantern Calculators. <laughs> if uh... I'll start over. All right. All right. If you want to contact us, you can write to us at lanterncast at gmail dot com. Or you can come visit us on thecomicforums.com. Scroll down the list till you get to L. We're right there. Or you can go to lanterncast.com, and there is a link there directly to our forums. Yes, and you can also download our episodes, past and present, directly from the website, or you can search for us on iTunes. Now, currently, you will have to subscribe to the podcast in order to see any episodes past episode zero. For some reason, it's only showing episode zero right now. But rest assured, we do have more episodes once you subscribe. And I'm... Is that how it works for all No, no, it's, it's not. And I, I'm working on something that I think might fix it, but I'm not entirely sure yet. All right, till next time. Yes, I'm Jim Ford. I'm Dan Kirsten. And thanks for listening. Bye, everybody.